0: I think one of my favorite parts of most of the Mass, besides praying the Eucharistic prayer, especially the first Eucharistic prayer, the Roman Canon, is praying and praying with the opening prayer called the Collect. I mentioned last Wednesday at the Mass series that many of these collects are extraordinarily ancient, like 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th century. And so they are sort of parts of the spiritual tradition and the spiritual treasury of the Catholic Church. And so, when I looked through the readings for this mass, as much as you can do with today's gospel, it was the opening prayer which stood out to me, and it's sort of the prototypical opening prayer. It has all of the structure that the prayer has. And the prayer is, "O oh God, just in case you were asleep at the beginning of the mass, O oh God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, who in fasting, prayer and almsgiving" have shown us a remedy for sin, look graciously on this confession of our lowliness that we who are bowed down by our consciences may always be lifted up by your mercy. So the standard operating procedure of the opening collect is to address God, and this one does, O God, And then it makes a statement, a statement of theological fact or theological truth. So this one says, O God, author of every mercy and of all goodness. We often think that we're sort of reminding God that he is the author of every mercy and of all goodness. But God doesn't have to be reminded of that. He knows it every second of his existence because he perfectly knows himself. Who we are reminding is ourselves actually. We're saying the reason why we can come to the Lord with this prayer in confidence is because he is the author of every mercy and of all goodness. So we're saying, O God, remember. Remember, O sinner, that God is the author of mercy. Remember, O sinner, that God was crucified and died for you upon the cross. Remember, O sinner, that God, who is infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, who is infinitely good, desires to share that goodness with you, and so we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. O oh God, author of every mercy and of all goodness. Then it makes a second theological fact, our point. It says, Who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving have shown us a remedy for sin. It's reminding us in the Lenten season of why we do what we do. Fasting, prayer, and almsgiving the three remedies for sin that God has given to us, along, of course, with the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fasting is a remedy for sin because it teaches us discipline. As Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, we must discipline our body and subject it. Fasting, we say no to something that is lawful, like foods, that we can say no to things which are unlawful, like sin. Disciplines us. You also notice fasting teaches you humility. It's easy to walk around high and mighty until you're on an empty stomach and you realize how frail you are, right? I think we can live something like three weeks without food, but four hours without food and we are languishing. It reminds us of how dependent we are upon God at every second and every moment of our existence. Prayer is a remedy for sin. Because prayer is the lifting of the mind and the heart to God. And if your minds and your hearts are focused on God, if you have fixed your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author of our salvation, you are not pondering sinful things. You are not desiring sinful things. You have forgotten the world and chased after our Lord. And almsgiving. Almsgiving is a remedy for sin because every sin, as St. Augustine says, is a turning in on oneself. There's an act of pride and there's an act of selfishness. And almsgiving resists that. When you sin, you turn inward. When you give alms, when you go to the food kitchen, when you tithe to the church, when you do something kind for one another. If you're a kid, when you do your chores without being asked, you've gone outside of yourself. You have reached out to an, another, to your neighbor, to your mother, to your father. You have done something charitable, unselfishly. You're retraining yourself who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving has shown us a remedy for sin. Then the opening prayer makes its petition. It says, Lord, you are the author of every mercy and of all goodness. We're fasting, we're praying, we're giving alms, we're trying to remedy our sinful nature. Look graciously on this confession of our lowliness, that we who are bowed down by our conscience... Those of you who've had deep and intense spiritual conversions, you know the burden, you know the weight of a guilty conscience. It crushes you, it bows you down. There's a reason why traditionally during the Confide or the I confess, we would all profoundly bow. We feel the weight of our sins. The same sins which crushed our Lord Jesus Christ when he bore them by carrying our cross, crush our conscience and it bows us down and we feel it and we hurt and we're saying, Lord, look graciously upon this because you are the source of all goodness and the author of all mercy. And then it finishes the petition that we who are bowed down by our conscience may always be lifted up by your mercy. You see the dynamic, it's all over Psalm 51, if you ever read it. Those who are crushed by their sinfulness, who are bowed down by their guilt, and then who acknowledge this sinfulness and confess it to God, he promises every time, always and everywhere, by his mercy, to lift them up. Ultimately, we cannot lift ourselves up to heaven, that's how we fell in Eden. But if we bow ourselves down, if we say, Lord, we have sinned against you, we are trying to remedy our sinfulness, then we have done our part, we've done what the Lord asks us to do, which is to acknowledge our sinfulness, and his mercy, like the arms of a loving parent, scoop us up and lift us up on high. The God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, always lifts us up by his mercy.